Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. To all of our friends that are joining us online, those listening on the radio, and those of you in the room, we welcome you. If you are sitting next to somebody, go ahead and turn to them and tell them it's great to see them in church this morning. Now turn to your second choice and tell them you saved the best for last. My name is Jimmy, I'm one of the pastors here at FCC, and it is a pleasure to have the opportunity to share God's word with you today. 10 years ago, when I was in the middle of planting and pastoring a church in Pennsylvania, I also had to put food on the table as a church planner, and so I had several jobs during that season. One of those jobs being the last one that I worked into pastoring the church was working at the Harley-Davidson plant in York, Pennsylvania, building motorcycles. Lots of beards, lots of tattoos, lots of hard work, gave me lots of opportunities to talk about Jesus. Sometimes six days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day, sometimes 14 hour days. The end goal for our shift was to build 400 motorcycles in a shift. It was pretty incredible. And in 24 hours, we would push out 800 bikes. And sometimes that worked out well, and sometimes it didn't. And uh, before the end of the day, when I would start in the morning around 6 to 6.15, a bike frame that was in my hand was fully dressed and being road tested before I punched out. During that season, I was hired, it was called the surge. And the reason why was because they typically didn't run two shifts. And so they would split the Harley guys and then they would, they added several hundred of us to help them accomplish the two shifts. And of uh, the, I would say the worker bees that I was a part of, there was also some supervisors and some of those supervisors that were hired had never worked in that kind of setting, never worked on bikes, never worked in assembly line, but they liked to tell you what to do. And they thought that they knew how to get bigger bonuses. And so I remember over the course of my time at Harley building bikes, one of the things that multiple supervisors that I had in that time frame would do is they would speed up the assembly line. Well, they would just speed it up a couple of seconds. And speeding it up a couple of seconds doesn't sound like much, but it wouldn't take long, sometimes an hour or two hours into that production run for our sprayers that would paint the frames or the gas tanks or the fenders to start to run into each other and get out of alignment. Sometimes the actual assembly line that went the length of the plant would actually come off track. And when that would happen, we were then, they would come and it wasn't actually like a question, it was a telling, by the way, you're working overtime today. And it would take us two to three hours to fix that decision, which means all of us were getting overtime pay, which kind of threw the whole idea of a bonus for them out the window financially. And sometimes we wouldn't be able to clean up the 400 bikes to finish to hit our goal even for a normal day. And the reason why that happened is because the plant, the assembly line, the sprayers, the welders, all of those pieces of equipment, they were designed for a particular speed for a particular amount of time. And without the proper breaks and downtime for maintenance, things eventually broke down. Well, that's true for machines and mechanical equipment, but it's also true for people. Last week, we kicked off the series that we're calling The Elephant in the Room, Work and Rest. And last week, our pastor, Gary, he laid out God's design for us to do kingdom work and serve as a call and a response to our faith. And this week, we're talking about something that is equally important that seems to be on the opposite end of the street from work, yet running parallel. Today, 
The elephant in the room that we need to address is rest. Now, some of you may feel like I do, knowing this this morning with conviction, that there have been times in my life that I have worn my lack of rest as a badge of honor. I've been guilty of that, saying things like, there'll be plenty of time for me to sleep when I'm dead. And that's true. But here's the other truth, is that lack of rest can not only be harmful to our health or relationships, but lack of rest is always completely disregarding something that God intentionally put in place for us. Now, I know that there are times when we have to take care of something, and that means that we have to work a lot more than we rest. And I, there was a season in my life for about eight months when I had to work two jobs, 40 hours a, a piece, so totaling 80 hours a week, and it almost killed me. But the financial strain in my life at the time, I had to do what I had to do. There are a lot of healthcare workers right now and first responders that already typically work crazy shifts that are having to work these kinds of hours in this season, and we need to pray for them. But I wanna say this, just because we have to work crazy hours sometimes, it does not erase the value or the necessity that rest is and should be a priority in our life. And this is not just my opinion, it's not just my thoughts, the Bible actually speaks to this topic quite a bit. We can go back to the very beginning in Genesis. Genesis chapter two, beginning in verse one. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Some people say, well, I don't need to rest. We see this rest day continue to be recognized in the 10 commandments. Of all of the things that could have made that big list of 10, Exodus 20 beginning in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither, new, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. I mean, this was so recognized, the dog couldn't even work, right? This is important. But here's the thing. This command to remember the Sabbath and make time to rest was not as much about restricting us as I believe it was about protecting us. Because our bodies and our minds and our spirits can only go so long before we too will break down. Whenever you hear stories about people doing things that are outside of their character, they made a decision to cause harm to themselves or to others, they will often note we see this in the headlines and news every single day. They will often note that they were overwhelmed or exhausted or burnt out, and that's what caused them to make their bad choice. And maybe some of you have been there before, too. You know when I know not to go grocery shopping? When I'm tired and hungry. It's just, it's just it is what it is. And for some, we see work and when we look at it and we try to actually make a bigger emphasis on money and things that we need more than we do in counting the cost. Maybe that's why we find in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. And yet better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. And when we're talking about rest, we're not just referring to physical rest, but this is important when it comes to our spiritual and emotional and mental health as well. I love this reminder in 3 John 1, 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So a couple of questions. Is your body tired? 
Is your mind overwhelmed? Is your soul getting along well? That's why I wanna say this. Last week when we talked about work and serving, it's not the opposite of rest. In fact, there are times when you are doing the things that God's calling you to do, it actually rejuvenates you. I know in the last 17 months, I've had more conversations with people about anxiety, addiction, depression, suicide, and fear than I've had in the majority of the last 16 and a half years that I've been in full-time ministry. And for, for some of you, rest may not seem like it's that big of a deal, but I also wanna make this point. Do not confuse sleep with rest. There are some folks that I know that struggle with rest. They will literally sleep eight to 10 hours a night and they still wake up exhausted because their bodies may not be tired, but their mind and their soul is worn out. It's not just about time with your eyes closed. It's a state of your soul and the posture of your mind. Now, we're gonna look at some scripture in a, in a moment, but I wanna share this. You know, obviously, there are some practical steps, and you don't need to hear this from me, some practical things that you could consider to try to help with rest. You could check your diet, garbage in, garbage out. You could stop staying up until 1 a.m. and getting up at 4 a.m. That's a bad, there's not enough math in there, right? Drink more water. Spend time doing things that bring you life with the people that you love. Go talk to a counselor or a doctor. Start exercising, laugh more often. All these things may help us, and I don't intend to belittle any of them, but today I wanna to remind us of an invitation that Jesus gives to us specifically regarding rest. And we're gonna jump into Matthew 11 in just a moment here, but I just wanna share our big idea for today. There are lots of things that can help with rest, but true rest is found in Jesus Christ. True rest is found in Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we're struggling and we desperately are in need of rest and we'll ask God, I've asked God this before, how did I get this far off track? And the truth is, when that's been true in my own life, God has been trying to get my attention the entire time. I just wasn't giving him my attention. I was giving everything else my attention. Matthew chapter 11, this is our main text for today, beginning in verse number 28. Jesus said this, this is his invitation to us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes I think we struggle with rest because we are carrying things that Jesus never intended for us to carry. Let's look at this invitation again. I'm gonna read it from Dr. Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and likely. Who would like that kind of rest in your life? Sounds pretty incredible. And I come back to the initial invitation that Jesus gave the disciples and he still gives to us every single day. Follow me, follow me. Here are a few things that Jesus gives us in this text to fully embrace the rest that God is offering to all of us. Number one, Recognize that something in your life needs to change. 
recognize that something needs to change. Sometimes I've done this, we confuse being a human being with being a human doing. I just wanna say this, your value is not found in what you produce. That's how we feel sometimes. It's not true. It's not just about what you do or how long you do it for. Your value is found in the fact that you're a son or a daughter of God. Psalm 127, beginning in verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to though he loves. That's a scripture to remind you to not eat snacks too late, by the way, just so you know. Something has to change, but we have to be willing to recognize that in order for us to take those steps. Early into the new year this year, I started to struggle pretty heavily. I started to have issues with sleeping. I started gaining weight after I worked really hard to lose a lot of weight and my sugar reading started to go up and there was just a couple of things that were happening and I felt like I was starting to spiral and yes, that happens to pastors too. We have bad days, bad weeks, and bad months. And I started really struggling, but the problem is I couldn't identify what the issue was at the time. I just felt like I was dealing with normal stress stuff and normal, just normal life, right? Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, crazy things are happening. But I've got to the point after about three months of struggling and I took a day to fast spiritually. I do some fasting for my health, but I took a day to fast spiritually and to pray and to seek the Lord. And God reminded me of this verse, Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So I sought out a new counselor. And after a couple of sessions, my counselor was able to help me recognize some of the issues and how my mind and my body were responding to those things. I decided I was no longer going to avoid those things. I had to tackle them head on. The thing is, is you can't always control your circumstances, but you can control your response. Our brains are made to protect us and conserve energy. And the thing is, is that, because we don't know when we're gonna need it. So our body's trying to help us process those things. But I don't know about you, but a lot of times we try to avoid tension. But it is in leaning into the tension that God helps us grow and change through it. So again, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? We need to recognize that something needs to change. And then the way that Jesus shares this invitation, he says, come to me. Number two, we need to return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. Lamentations 3 Beginning in verse 40, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. When we find ourselves lost or taking steps away from God, you know, the thing is, is, is we may feel far from God, but actually he is right there ready to meet us at that moment as soon as we will turn towards him. A couple of reminders in John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will Come to you in Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, even to the most stressful parts of your life where you don't feel like you can find rest from. Psalm 34 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. We even see this modeled by Jesus after a long night of ministering and praying. 
We see this in what the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, he's up all night ministering, and now he gets up early. It feels like that's the opposite of rest, but no. Why did he do that? He went to spend time with his heavenly father, that he actually was recharged and making intentional time to spend time with God. Some of you this morning, you've had a really long week, maybe even a really long weekend, even though it's not even over yet, and you weren't gonna come to church today, but you made an intentional decision to be here today because you wanted to seek him first. We need to recognize something needs to change. Then we need to return to the Lord. And then the harder one, this is the hardest one for me. Number three, we need to relinquish control. Again, Matthew 11, are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come to me, get away with me, you'll recover your life. Listen to this, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. We struggle so much with this concept because sometimes we are naive enough to believe that our way is the best way or even the only way. I encounter this all the time with my stepson that I love when we are building Legos. I like to think I'm more of a job foreman or overseeing engineer, and but a lot of times I end up building half of the Lego. And the thing is, is that what he has yet to understand is that literally one Lego piece being one spot over can throw off the entire build. But he will continue to build it until it gets to the point where he can't and realize that it's not. So we have to go back and take it apart to come back to that spot again. Isaiah 55, eight through nine this is what we're reminded of about God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We can easily think that trying to hold on to control is our best play. But when we surrender control into the hands of Jesus, we gain our life and access to God's best for our life. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse one, therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, race that is set before us. And I love this part, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And here's the thing, he is better at writing our story than we are, right? But we have to surrender editorial control into his hands. We have to put the pen back into his hands. And when we relinquish control, God makes an exchange with us. Isaiah 61, three, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it shows us what God is willing to give us if we will trust him with our brokenness, if we will trust him with our mess. In Isaiah 61.3, God shows us that he is still willing and able to make an exchange for us because he says he will give us beauty for ashes. You can give him the ashes of something that seems like it's burnt down, there's nothing left, and just surrender it to him. He will give us joy for mourning. And I love this, that he will give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. One of the reasons why we struggle to rest sometimes is because we are literally carrying heaviness every day 
And God says, if you will give it to me, I will give you a garment of praise. Here's the thing, we can't fully embrace what God wants to give to us if we're still holding on to the pain and our past and the broken pieces of our life. Recognize something needs to change, return to the Lord, relinquish control, and last but certainly not least, restart with God leading. Some of you are familiar with the song from Carrie Underwood, let Jesus take the wheel. In fact, give him the keys, transfer the insurance into his name. I'd love it if he'd pay my insurance, by the way. Anyways, again, one more time, I wanna read Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love the way that Dr. Eugene Peterson expressed that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just like the line at Harley when they would speed it up when I was working on it. The majority of the time, we try to live at an unhealthy pace for an unsustainable amount of time. But it's never too late to begin again. That's the great thing about Jesus. That's the story of the gospel. We can let God set the rhythm of our life, the pace that we need to go. Proverbs 3, verses five through six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And he won't just direct your paths. He'll show you when, he'll show you how, how long, and then he'll tell you when you need to take a break, when you need to breathe and rest. Again, our big idea for today, there are lots of things that can help with rest, but true rest is found in Jesus. And Jesus said, come to me. He says, all you who are weary and burdened, come to me, I will give you rest. So that brings us to our takeaway for today. We are all in a different place in our walk with Jesus. We're all in a different place in this journey of faith. So the takeaway for you today is to identify one of these things, which step you need to focus on in this invitation from Jesus and spend time praying about that. Recognize something needs to change. Some of you may already be there. Return to the Lord. Relinquish control. Restart with God leading. I wanna share this thought before we close. A long time ago, I read this article. I've always remembered, I share it every year on Facebook when it comes up because it's just a reminder that on average, we take 23,040 breaths a day. That happens both while we are awake and asleep. That is 23,040 reasons to say thank you because with each one of those breaths, we inhale and experience the life that God gave us. And then we can exhale in gratitude, trusting that he can also lead us to the rest that we need. If you've been watching online or listening on the radio, we can encourage you in any capacity, fccfm.org connect. And if you were in the room this morning and you want prayer, we will be down front. We'd love to be able to pray with you before you leave this morning. And don't forget about two services next week. Before we dismiss this morning, I just wanna pray for you. You guys close your eyes with me. <clears throat> I want you to do this. Pastor Sean had us do this in service last week, but I want you to do this with me with your eyes closed. 
thinking about this invitation from Jesus. Will you just take a deep breath and inhale for a minute and hold it? And then exhale slowly. As the song sings, Jesus, it's your breath in our lungs. God, we are called to be stewards of the life that you've given to us. And Lord, there have been plenty of times in my life where I've not been a good steward of those things. But especially this, in this area of rest. And God, I know this morning that I am not alone. My brothers and sisters that are in this room, those that are watching online, those that will be listening this week on their car radios, Lord God, as they're driving somewhere, that they also struggle with rest. And maybe it's a season, maybe it's just a, a difficult season, and maybe for some, they've just never found a healthy rhythm. God, whatever that is today, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would minister to those that are struggling. God, I know there, there are those that walked into this place today, logged in online today, God, that are sitting here this morning with the spirit of heaviness. And I pray in Jesus' name, God, that they would turn that back into your hands. God, that they can make that exchange for a garment of praise from their spirit of heaviness. Lord, help us to return to you. Help us to identify, God, ways that we can take steps to get back to the place to be in alignment with you. God, so that we're not just surviving, but we can be thriving, walking out completely in what you've called us to. God, I pray for those that are hurting today, those that are weary today, God. In Jesus' name, God, fill them back up with hope, with strength, with wisdom, with whatever they need, with rest. God, help those that are full of worry and anxiety. God, that they can trust you, Lord. We pray for peace in Jesus' name. God, the winds and waves still know your name. And God, we thank you for this invitation that you still offer for us today. God, minister to your people. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.